Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. It's the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. Tony Schiavone with Mary Zabrisco. Uh, here every week, normal, almost every week. Hey, hey, no, 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 but not for the whole thing. Larry's not going to be here for the whole thing. We're no. going to mention that straight away while he's sat here looking at me like all smiley. <laughs> he's not going to be here because Bobby's better when he's coming in a bit. Uh, yeah, Bob, Bobby, that, don't, it, Bobby it, don't do two it hours. It felt really odd, that. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with Larry for now. Larry isn't going to be here for the whole thing, though. <laughs> As if people were having their hand over the, over the remote going, oh, no, Bob. All right, then. I'll, 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 you later. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. What are we fucking talking about? We're talking about Nitro on the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. Woo! It's 1996 in here. It is, and that we're going to party like this. Telly goes like four feet back into the wall. <laughs> yeah. It took eleven men to put it up there. That cost twenty-five p. Twenty-five whole pence, <laughs> and it's imported. And it, oh my god, yeah. you yuppie bastard! It Sam. Was, the European Union helps you with that because it was 1996. The weather was glorious this morning, so I was like, mm. "Oh, I've got one beer left in the fridge. I'll bring it for the podcast." Nice. And then the weather went to shit. It was like, oh, I guess I'll just sit and drink it in the podcast anyway. There is the, the, the mood does change when you drink a beer when the weather's nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. We it went to um, we went to Triple Point Brewery in Sheffield the other day. Uh and they, they had just some some delicious booze on. But uh there was this peach cider which was banging, and then there was uh just I guess the only thing I can compare it to is like Jakehead. It was like a crazy IPA and it was like strong as fuck and the sun was beating down and it was just like, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a good day. My, my, there's a moment, um, my, my wife-to-be, Alex, she has changed shift patterns. So it was perfect before. Before mm-hmm. it was ruined. It was perfect before. She'd leave about an hour before I left the house. Yeah. And then she'd finish about uh, an hour after I finished. Yeah. So, so... If I'd worked late or she got out early, we could go, hey, um, we'll kind of we'll head both into town. We can yeah. get profit at the same time. We're going to have a beer in town. Lovely way to end the day. Get back to feed the cat, have some dinner. It's all perfect. But not anymore. What's going on? El Dorado has been removed from us uh, because she's now working a different pattern. So she's not having to leave. She's not having to get into work till 10, but she finishes at 6. Oh. Like, oh, that puts oh. a stoppers on all our plans to casually drink in the what, summer. What time are you in till today? 
I've been till like three. Oh, I was going to save you until a bit later. I'd take you for a drink in oh, the sun. Thanks. Alex, thanks. God. Yeah, I'm glad. Glad somebody will. <laughs> somebody will. I'll marry you, Tom. Well, that's fine. Yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> we went uh, this weekend, just gone to our wedding venue. Nice. To uh, because because as part of this quite frankly, ludicrously expensive package that we don't quite know how we're going to afford yet. Uh, we <laughs> have got with it... Twitch stream it, super chat. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be in it. If I, could, if I do one really good Twitch stream of the wedding, we'd cover it. Um, but if, um, but but as part of this package, you get credit to spend at the venue yeah. on a night away and use the spa. So nice. Oh, there you go, it's your birthday. Let's yeah. go and do that. So we did that. And while we were there, we booked to taste the wedding food. Okay. And I don't do think- you, How much do you have to pay for that? Because it can't be cheap. It's not. <laughs> to like, just to do the taster. Oh, the, the, oh, the tasting is, is part of the package. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't have to like, The that. amount of times you see people just kind of doing the, the tasters and it's like, no, not this place, no, this place. How much have you got to spend to even try oh, it? Well, well, the taster, well, we know that we're having the food. Basically, yeah. we picked this one venue for the wedding whereby everyone's going to stay on site, the chapel's My there. My mate did that and it was, it was it's perfect. It's so much easier. Yeah. The evening do's there. Like, everything is just there. Mm. So we thought, that saves a lot of fucking fuss and bother so therefore they're they're doing all the uh, the bits for us like the decorations yeah sort of the flowers and then obviously doing all the food for the wedding so we went down to do the wedding taster of course we're staying in a hotel essentially overnight and this, this place is also like a fully functioning hotel so we had a hotel breakfast and didn't contemplate shit we've got to eat 12 meals at lunchtime <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a challenge Tom. it was but it was a challenge that i took with gusto uh, and then finished off with Gaviscon because that's there's a lot. It was we I just we wobbled that. home. I can feel like we went to smoke the other day as well, which is like a barbecue place. Oh, and, uh, I, it it was, sounds like it's a good barbecue. It place. was it was delicious, but it was one of those where it was like I haven't eaten like all day. It's pretty late now. Fucking hell, we're hungry. And then it was like I'm just gonna order this and I'm gonna eat everything. And then you get about a third of the way into it, and it's like I'm dying. But I'm still going to eat everything. It's so delicious. And then you get yourself home after like wheeling yourself out there on like a wheelbarrow. I don't know how physically that would work, but you know. (laughs) Um, And then you just fall into the couch and just... (laughs) And you hate yourself for the next four hours. (laughs) One of the most depressing moments I had like that where I was too Fucking beat that mac and cheese, the piece of shit I win. (laughs) I, I had something like that where I ordered too much pizza and too much chicken. But I ate it all because I'm fat. Yeah. And I was on my own for the weekend, so I ate it. And I, my stomach felt really bad. And do you know what I did? And I, I take this. I take no pride in this. Uh, Alex has um, a wheat bag under her bed. Right. For when, you know, the the time rolls around every okay. month. It helps the yeah. pain around there. I lay on the sofa using Alex's wheat bag to calm my stomach down. <laughs> Oh, God. I couldn't, like... It, no, it worked, but yeah. the shame was very, <laughs> very high. It works, though. I couldn't imagine anything work. Like, when I'm full, I don't. I just want to be cold. Oh. I hate being, like, warm. Weirdly, the it's warm like, I think that was part of it. It was, like, such a hot day. It was like, what should we eat? And then we eventually decided on somewhere, and it was, like, a half-hour wait, and it was like, guess we'll just go to the barbecue place and eat loads of hot meat on a hot day. <laughs> Let's go do it. Sweat, sweat, yeah. sweat, sweat. <laughs> 
blowing off you. Uh, we go to the sweatiest place in 1996, which is this week, the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Charlotte's from there. Hey, it's that hey, hey, Charlotte's from Charlotte. That's why she's called Charlotte. Well, they remind us about 58,000 times <laughs> that it is indeed horseman country and the crowd won't stop chanting Ric Flair's name. So maybe, oh. maybe it's got something to do with it. It is the uh, 43rd episode of Nitro. Maybe. Don't, don't quote me. Uh, Monday, June 24th, 1996. This week... <laughs> <laughs> You just shrugged then, like, <laughs> what am I supposed you, to remember? You and of course, this, and of course, on episode 49, we get on episode 73. Imagine if it's like episode 1462 of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> oh, fuck. And it's, it's a nightmare. Cage match does it, though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And I'm so glad they do because even bef- we've not even reached the 200th episode of Raw. I am dog shit at remembering the numbers. Truth, I'll often get a message going, Tom, there's three episode 130s. Right, there is, isn't there? <laughs> Okay, where have I gone wrong? So I have to go back <laughs> through all of them and go, right, that's where I went wrong. Let's change all of them. I'm dog shit at that. Apologies. Uh, try and figure it out best you can. <laughs> uh, You've got to let us know when we hit episode 69 nice. for Nitro. Of course yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's it better a be a good week. Number. Better be a good week. I don't think it will be. <laughs> it's Monday, 24th of June, 1996. Uh, this week, number one movie in the UK is still The Rock. Uh, however, in the US, Eraser is number one. This is the uh, action movie starring Arnie, Vanessa Williams, James Kahn, and uh, Robert Pastorelli. Once it hits the 90s, like, I I love proper old school action movies, but once it hits the, the kind of early to mid 90s, that's when my kind of viewing drops off and then it'll just be like here's a steven seagal film you've never heard of and it'll be like oh i bet it's dog shit and you put it it's dog shit yes <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a razor i don't think i've seen it either uh but it's the story of a u.s marshal who protects a senior operative testifying about an illegal arms deal he's forced to fight his former allies and one of the players is revealed to be a mole inside the company does he kill a guy with a tube or anything. I, I think there's death. I don't know whether it's a commando involved. where he's got the big tube and he, he says something really cool afterwards, but he's like, and he hits a guy with the tube and it like goes through him. You can watch this on YouTube. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Ice Age. Kicks him into a, a, a pool full of acidic ice. <laughs> cool off. <laughs> Shit like that. Put it on ice. Why why did films have to become this over and I know the reasons money and marketing. Why did it have to become this overarching? There's fifty-eight films, you need to watch them in order. If you want to watch the new Avengers, just, just <laughs> Give me Arnie just saying cheesy shit after shooting a guy with a rocket launcher five feet from his face and the guy miraculously not blowing up. <laughs> it just cuts to a slow motion shot of him falling backwards with like a big... <laughs> like, a, like a hole in his stomach yeah. and he's still very much alive. Yeah, well, depending on the budget, there might be a hole or there might just be a big smudge. But, you know. <laughs> the music world hasn't changed this week. Bone Thugs Harmony, The Crossroads, still number one in America. Fuji's Killing Me Softly, still number one in the UK. Just clinging on there. Clinging on. Get this the day before this episode of Monday Nitro, uh, the release uh, in North America and Japan of Super Mario 64. Nice, uh, yeah, the first Super Mario game to feature fucking ESRB making us wait. Eh? I know, Those I don't get that. Pieces of shit. I, I'm, do you know what? I've, I'm excited to explain to future youngsters about yeah. back in the day. We used to sometimes have to wait six months for a film. Why? I don't know. Well, all the transfer time to tape and DVD, like DVD, to tape and stuff. But I guess at the same time, there will have been multiple box office deals. 
mm. where it's got to be on cinemas for however long, it's got to be on pay-per-view for however long, it might go to Sky Movies, and then it'll come to tape. And it was like, fucking hell. Because you would just, like a year after seeing a film, go, it's out! And when you're in the shop and it's like, it's 35 quid, fuck off. It's like, <laughs> all right, we'll get it from the hooky ice cream man who sells them. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, that's the fourth emergency service right there. Oh yeah, your ice cream man that comes around and there's just there was a there was a there was a romantic a there was a romantic art to nineties piracy. I think mm, the effort, yeah, of creating the cover. We art had so many dodgy D- we had so many dodgy uh, Disney VHSs that all had like the holographic marks. They all had the lead-ins. They all had everything. The effort, yeah, they must have been gutted when people started streaming stuff because you you can't put the love in anymore. No, you can't put the love in anymore. <laughs> you can try to, but they won't have it. Uh, on to Mario 64, where there was a lot of love around it. The first Mario game to feature 3D gameplay. Uh, mm. Director Shigeru Miyamoto conceived this during the production of Star Fox in 93. It took three years in development, about a year to design, and then 20 months of production. Super Mario 64, highly anticipated by journalists and audience, it bo- audiences. It boosted advertising cam- boosted by advertising campaigns. Uh, and it got shown at the E3 trade show in 96, and it received critical acclaim. Reviewers praising ambition, the visuals, and gameplay. Uh, though some criticized its virtual camera system. So this was with, with Lakitu, the, the lad yes. in the cloud, who would follow Mario. And I love that. I, I see. I, I never the camera I never had an N64. Oh, was the, was the problem with the fact that it was Canon? I don't know. If the problem was with that, because the, the camera's fucking clunky. We, we can't mm. lie. But back in the day, it wasn't really that clunky for back in the day. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a product of its time. It is. And, it and was... do you know why the European one probably takes ages to come out? I've actually just thought. Translation. There'll have to be like four or five languages on it, won't there, compared to like US and Japan just having the one. Swap out the Japanese for like, hello, governor. I'm yeah. <laughs> Oh, fucking Mario. Also, like, oh, after <laughs> having the idea while well, well, working on Star Fox, and then they're going to do Lilac Wars, and then fuck all else oh. for the rest. Of, they might they re-release it on 3DS, and then there's a GameCube one, and then it's like they just forgot they own Star Fox. I don't understand, Tom. You forgot Star Fox Adventures. That was the GameCube one, <sighs> of right? Of course it was. Yeah. Apologies. It wasn't even a Star Fox game. It was meant to be something completely different, Yeah, that game. And but but then, you mean like Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? Yeah. <laughs> but then they just went, what if we just lob that character in? Yeah. Well, it, it looks like a game with you lobbing that character in. Well, what if we just take the same game, lob that character in, and then next year we'll just uh, lob Samus in instead and sell them the same game? Well, fine for Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see a bit of problem. You, uh, you excited for Zelda? Yeah. Yeah, I still Looks need to. Great. I still need to finish the first one, which is good because I can wait for it to come down in price. Lol, that's never gonna fucking happen. <laughs> Seventy quid. It's about standard for games, isn't it? I hate it, it's, it's, it's Seventy quid. It's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of fucking money. Tell you what, games done well in, um... especially when you know it's not coming down because it's Nintendo. Mm. Like you go buy a fucking used 3DS game and you're barely gonna get a fiver off it. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's like oh. You want it to? We wait. I think I'm still waiting for a switch to be less than you know a kidney. This is. I, I want a PS5, but I well, one I can't afford it. But two, I'm I'm saving money to put aside for things like this. But it's just so big and ugly. It won't even fit in my yeah. my TV stand. It's like release the fucking slim, release the slim version. Get rid of all of this. It looks like one of them them automatic air fresheners you walk past. <laughs> And it just kind of goes every time it sees you. I, I just, just, just make it a box. Just make it a box. Slap the PlayStation logo on it. 
I'll be buzzing. I know aesthetically, if I was to get a PS5, Alex would not be happy because it wouldn't fit match with anything. Yeah. You couldn't even hide it. No, because even if you take the shell off, then you've got like a, just all of the kind of holy minging grill. Yeah, it ain't good. Yeah. Uh, Retrospectively, Super Mario 64 has been considered one of the greatest video games of all time, which is a very accurate appraisal. Oh, for sure. Like the the level of stuff it inspired, um, apparently, was it Mario 64 that... um, Weirdly, it was Croc, I think, had some handle in inspiring it. I'm sure I read that once somewhere, like Croc 3D Legend of the Ooh. Gobbos was shown, like tested, test shown or something at a uh, show. And that was kind of like, oh, so the 3D is doable, so like doable to this now, kind of 3D yeah. platforming. And then that led to the kind of ball rolling. I might be wrong on that. No, I, I think, yeah, I think the, yeah. the time. Because I remember being like, games. fucking Croc, Croc. Da, da. It was shite. Da, 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 da. I, I like Croc, but yeah, that was annoying. But when you had Gex, which yeah. was just so much better. The, the, the issue with Croc was it was like driving a car when you were moving him. With no hands and <laughs> soup instead of hands. <laughs> while sitting on an ice block going off a cliff. <laughs> on fire. <laughs> but it was so groundbreaking. Just go left just... and he's just fucking circling himself. Left! And Mario just kind of made it also fluid. When yeah. you had the little, you had the, you had the stick, you had the little D stick, and he just ran around. I think it's one of my biggest regrets was as a child that I never had an N64. Oh, mate. But then the controller freaked me out. It always freaked me out. I was like, how are you supposed to hold it? I, yeah, I, there was a lot of hate for just the Stabbing the yourself in the stomach. But you know what? Like, it does feel like you, you should, that yeah. should be the issue. They are the <laughs> most, they are the most comfortable controls. I, they look like monsters. What would you say is all-time best? Because uh, I, I, I used to always love the Xbox 360. I've been a fan of DualShock since a little kid. But like, I think genuinely, right now, the Xbox One, like or the, whatever the fuck the current one is, the, the Windows PC controller mm. is like the greatest controller ever made. It's just so comfortable. I think DualShock's still the best one. Really? The PS4, yeah, the PlayStation There's one. something now about having both sticks down the bottom I just can't get used to. It's, it feels more natural to have the, the movement stick up, that up high. Yeah. I think uh, my my first memory of and I, and I think it was tainted because I remember working at Game when the yeah. Xbox came out and the controls oh, the original for that. one holy fuck. the the, the tearaway controls and the Duke Ugh. so I, I still want they did a they did an anniversary edition of the Duke oh Christ uh, well, instead of a little piece of paper with the Xbox logo it's got a little screen oh, I mean that's cute. so I I want it mm. it's just got a screen uh, but I want it. But also with the Xbox like controls. Quick, but I want it. The thing is always nice with the Xbox controls. If you turn them upside down, it looks like a cat. Yeah. I was thinking about getting one of the wireless um, N64 controls because you can get them if you're a Switch Online like subscriber. They're comfy. Yeah. I, I'm always a big fan of the Saturn and um, Mega Drive controllers as well. The 3x3 array. Like, mm. oh, just perfect. <laughs> Thoughts on the Jaguar control, which had like 12, 1,200 buttons. Up. Oh, God, they were so ugly. It had like, it had like what? Was it like even like a little knobbly-bobbly joystick? <laughs> a little knobbly-bobbly joystick. Like, like a calculator underneath and a speaker for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, what the fuck? Atari just throwing anything at the wall. It's a piece of beauty. It's a piece of beauty. Uh, also... Uh, it's Pong, but it's in 3D! <laughs> kind of. You need to press all 18 <laughs> buttons to Pong it back. Uh, this week... Uh, 26th of June, the BBC and ITV simul broadcast live coverage of England versus Germany in the semi-finals of Euro 96, collectively watched by 26 million people. They both simulcast it at the same time. Yeah. You well, think well, one they, of them they would separate, do? I mean, okay, maybe simulcast was the wrong word. They had their own separate, like, commentary team. Yeah, but stuff, you'd but... think that they'd just do the whole, hey, we've got half one, they've got half two. 
Ah. Analysis starts here immediately and we go to something else. But then again, it's a case of, well, fucking watch our channel. Yeah, that's Fuck it. ITV. I think because they, they came to agreements over who would get what games during the tournament. But I think yeah. went, we'll both have the fight. Which, yeah. yeah. We'll both have the, the crucial England semi Which back in the day when you had four whole channels must have been thrilling if you didn't like football. Because oh. what you got on the other side, Antiques Roadshow, maybe? Songs of Praise? Yeah, you're, you're really limited. <laughs> and I think this is why, like... It's, Euro it's, trash on Channel 4, and it's just like, I can't watch anything. I'll be watching Euro trash, what are you talking about? Um, but this is where I think it's... it's When people go, oh, Teddy was better back then, you know, everybody it watched that. It fucking wasn't. I was like, no, yeah, everybody watched it because we had four fucking channels. And you had good shows, though. You did, like Gladiators on Ice, Ice Warriors, or whatever it was called. Mm. That was... I think that lasted all of one season, but watching a load of people break their ankles every weekend was class. Great times. And then you'd have, like, Inspector Morse reruns, <laughs> uh, uh, and some random fucking little house on the prairie during your Sunday. And heartbeat. It was a, a it was a shit time. Oh god, heartbeat and where the heart is. Ah. Why? Uh, but that's the heartbeat. When the heartbeat came on in my house, that meant it's time for a bath. Yeah, it's the same. It was like getting the bath. Yeah. So like, I'm not fucking watching this. I'll take the bath. See you in a bit. <laughs> Problem is, it's, I've developed muscle memory. I can't have a bath without the heartbeat theme music. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever you hear it just echoing, you just start stripping off uncontrollably. <laughs> it's right, it's true, it's true. <laughs> More importantly than all of that bollocks, some wrestling happened. Wrestling happened. Was a crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrestling happened. John Lovejoy uh, debuts as the third man. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew it was you'd know a character. <laughs> I knew you'd remember a character name. Um, the Wrestling Observer this week talking about the third man, i.e. the mystery partner for those darn oh, is outsiders. This, is this the famous, the famous Observer thing that may or may not have happened? Well, I'll read it and you can tell me. Uh, as for the identity of the third party, says Dave Meltzer in The Observer, it's really a secret. Lex Luger, which was the original plan, we can't see happening because it would be almost an exact duplicate of the Steve McMichael angle, and it's too soon to do it again. You'd have thought. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash were discussing names this past week. Uh, who, do they, who do we think at this point uh, are some of the top candidates? I think Mabel's in there. Mabel's in there. There's three candidates that they mention that Bischoff, Hall, and Nash have bounced around. Mabel's one. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes is not one of them. Put me out of my misery. All right. Mabel. Yeah. Crush. Okay. And Bret Hart. Now, Why would they bother with Bret? You got Crush right there. <laughs> I know, right? He's not doing anything on the other channel. <laughs> Get him in. We fucking paying for Hogan for. Get and Crush in there. At this point, Crush isn't doing anything on the other channel. I think he's close to a comeback, but he was booted out of WWF uh, for being arrested for owning illegal firearms. I yeah. Okay. So, but he's free. <laughs> he's around. Uh, Crush. Okay, Mabel, top candidate. Crush being considered for a brief period and then dismissed, but all agreed that Bret Hart would be the best candidate. WCW even floated the idea it would be Hart on its hotline over the weekend. Now, supposedly, Bischoff has, in the past few days, told Hall and Nash to trust him on this one, but admitted that if they bring someone other than Hart in, and it isn't going to be Hart, it would come across as a letdown. It could also be another WCW wrestler turning on the company. Well, this is something they've been really hammering over the last couple of weeks, is like, you know, everybody's banding together. It doesn't matter whether you're Dungeon of Doom, you're Macho Man, like, everybody here 
top to bottom of the card is going to unite and stand tall against any invading force because mm. you know putting all of that stuff aside without wcw they wouldn't have a platform to be here to do their stuff and have their fights with each other which are very real fights just mm-hmm. don't look too deep into it um so it, it kind of makes sense and then there's a little kind of what felt like a botch at early on in tonight's episode that sees Luger almost say WWF, mm. which gets a kind of glance from Sting and, and Gene, but that could just be fucked up the line. It could be, oh. <laughs> but the Mabel is the third man thing has persisted massively to this day, thanks to 83 weeks, thanks to um, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, thanks to a host of other um, wrestling-flavored podcasts from personalities from back in the day. Uh Basically, because it, it, it kind of, it's it's just pointed to a seat. This is what your dirt sheet writers know. Mm. Like Mabel, who would bring in Mabel as the third man, realistically? Like, what fucking sense does it make? And it's something that you will, if you even if you just pick up a random episode you never watched before, uh, not watched it, never listened to either of those two big podcasts before, any of the kind of outlying ones, you will just hear this circled back on from time to time as a, what the fuck does Dave Meltzer know? Mm-hmm. Mabel is the third man. Come on. And so if you've ever heard that whole Mabel is the third man thing, this is it. That's the origin yeah, of it. Yeah, so this is the origin, which is where Dave says that Mabel is a top candidate. Which, the thing is as well, everybody, you know, when you look at reporting in general, um... Reporters have sources, and I know there's a lot of you know back and forth in the rest of the sphere of like, well, you don't reveal your sources. You don't. Reporters don't reveal their fucking sources anyway. For one, because why would you like? Hey, this person has given me some trusted information. Uh, here's their name. Here's their job. Here's what they do. Mm. They get fired. Um, but it kind of goes to show that if that was fed to him by a source, you can't trust everything that's being said. But at the same time, it, it's why you've always got to take everything in dirt sheets with a pinch of salt because you don't know whether something is true, whether something is completely fabricated, whether something has been passed along from a source who knows it's fabricated, whether the source thinks it's real, but everybody's been told different information so they can weed out who the rats are. Like it could have been they told you know five different people, three different names each, and whichever ones get back. But at the same time, it's just kind of funny to imagine Mabel as the third man. So mm, I think so. Yeah. Not knowing, of course, <laughs> that the whole NWO thing and how as a fit for the NWO, Mabel just doesn't work. Should we be recording on the uh We on should the be old recording, OBS? but we haven't been, so that's fun. <laughs> We're recording on the audio, so that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, apologies for that. <laughs> well spotted though. <laughs> Well spotted. I just looked over and was like, start recording. <laughs> if you're joining us on the Patreon, I hope you enjoyed the first play. 20 minutes of Logo. So thank you for joining us for 20 minutes of Logo. Let's with just a, with do one a, more apologies. of these. Oh, it's fine. We'll drop it in. I can drop it in. You'll it's need fine. a sync point. So apologies for that. You will have just heard the audio and like a technical difficulties thing at the start. And now you can see us moving. Wow. I'm on the ball today. <laughs> we missed one week. We missed one week. We missed one week and it all goes to shit. I booked train tickets the other week. I booked train tickets all the way up here the other week to come and do this podcast <laughs> yeah. with you. And you weren't even here. I mean, Jack Atkins. So <laughs> I booked train tickets the other week to, to go travel down to Darlington. And they weren't going through. And I was getting really annoyed. And the woman went, you booked them for the 10th of May. I was like, why have I done that? <laughs> and Alex was like, why did you do that? And then I went to book tickets for the way back. And she went, you booked them for May again. Like, I don't know what's up. I think my head's gone. I think I think I'm nearly forty, and I think me head's going. That's it. 
I think you're it's just, it. You're just a month ahead now. I'm just a month ahead now. <laughs> but we thank you for supporting us on Patreon. We apologise for the next uh, March. You just be like, it's fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for Mania. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, to go back to it, so Mabel would not fit into what we know as the aesthetic for the NWO. But at this point, we didn't know that there was an NWO aesthetic to fit into. I would argue that initially, seeing somebody like Mabel alongside Hall and Nash would be like, what the fuck? And it would feel kind of flat. At the same time, I, I don't know what it is. Part of me feels like Mabel... Kind of like I don't think it would work in any way that it would work with Hogan or with anybody else. But I, part of me feels like Mabel may have had the ability to have changed his character up enough mm. to have sort of merged into whatever the kind of tone would have been needed. Yeah. But as a leader of the group, somebody who was going to become the de facto leader of the group, maybe he wouldn't have become the de facto no, leader. It would have been no. Hall or Nash, and he would have been just sort of on the periphery. I could see him sort of fitting into it, but at the same time, it, it's just, you know, nothing will compare to somebody the size of a Hogan or a Sting or a Hart, you know? And that's just because of their status within the industry. And when you look at it, it's a very smarky storyline. Yeah. So you need somebody with that kind of status, I think. And that that that's always the, the big thing with it. And Hogan, like, who bigger, right? No one bigger, but hey, why would it be Hogan? That's weird. <laughs> Hogan, he's, he's off making pasta and, and staving people with his robot boat. He's been seen. Is it Thunder in Paradise as the robot boat? No, no. <laughs> Thunder in Paradise. They just said, what if we had Kit on water? Yeah. Knight Rider on water. I want Shit, to what are we going to do about the red light? Make it green? <laughs> oh my God, yes. Hogan just walked in. Right, Knight Rider on water. We've got the same voice actor as Kit. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bischoff's agreed to be Kit. They just get Hal 9000 in by accident. So <laughs> I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Terry. I can't let you do that, brother. <laughs> Give me the rocket launchers. There are civilians around, Terry. <laughs> I like how he calls him Terry. <laughs> lower, the, <laughs> lower the ladder I need to climb on. I'm afraid I can't let you do that, Dave. That's not going to work. That's not going to work for me, Terry. Paddling around, <laughs> drifting off as the tide carries about. As if Hogan would give creative control <laughs> to the boat over him. No chance on dance. Uh, we are in the Queen City, Charlotte North, Kagi Luggy for Monday Night Raw Live. Tony Schiavone is in for Eric again, who's still nursing his boo boo. Yeah, no, no bishy balls tonight. No um, and, and Larry Zabisco, only they for show, an hour. They show, yeah, only for an hour. Only for an hour, don't, don't worry. Don't fucking leave. Larry's not going to be here for long. <laughs> we know that Larry's the reason you're all turning off, so we need to really stress that he's not going to be here for a while. Um, <laughs> But they, they show graphics saying like last week, even though I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but you, whatever the fuck. But you you re-see the re-see. What the <laughs> fuck is my brain? Re-see, you, you I re believe, is uh, the, peanut butter chocolate. You, you re-watch the attack on Bischoff. He goes off the stage, through the table. It's very brutal. This is, you know, being sold very seriously. I mm. like the way they're treating it. Mm. I like the severity with which they're treating it. And, oops, sorry for burping. Pardon you. Throughout the night, we're going to have moments where people are going to be like... Um, you know, laying your hands on an announcer, like pick on someone your own size. Like, you know, a real man doesn't come in here and do that. So it's kind of really firmly establishing that WCW is this super ubi, ubi? Super uber babyface force. And also it hasn't been done. I'm just going to go out and come back in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll press stop super again ubi. on the video. <laughs> but, but it hadn't been done. Like yeah. the announcers were off, off 
you know, they were, they were off limits, weren't they? Yeah, well, the it, it was, you know, wrestling, 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 you know, traditionally, if you go back to especially the wrestling territories, it was tre- very sportingly. And, mm. you know, like you would, of course, see people like Cornette getting fucking pancaked and getting lobbed all over the place and getting the shit beaten out of him. But he's a manager. Mm. You'd maybe once or twice see people lay hands on an announcer, but it would be very like, what are you doing? Or like back on. And you might occasionally see an attack, but it was never to that kind of overhyped massive severity of like, off the fucking stage, <laughs> see you later, Eric, with loads of people like clamoring around him to make sure he's all right. And we'd see a lot more of this, obviously, as the 90s progress. WWE become the masters of, you know, the, the fucking, oh, God, get him to a local medical facility, carry him out on a stretcher. Like, they get really good at it. Mm. Uh, but I, I like the way with which they, while it's still quite a hokey, cartoonish product, some very realistic shit starting to seep in. Mm. And that's kind of going to become the calling card over the next year, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, they hype up Bash at the Beach for July the 7th. Larry Zabisco compares WCW to Alexander the Great. But now there are more worlds to conquer. It was a really weird analogy. Yeah. That he kind of went down a cul-de-sac with and then had to... And then he ended it anyway on the... And he wept for there were no more worlds to conquer. Yeah. <laughs> but now there are... <laughs> it's such a rubbish it was so bad I like bless you Larry but it's just like you know what this is like Caesar being stabbed by Brutus et tu Bruti then fall Caesar and then he realised that people are invading Nitro it's like if the team if the team wins this game they've won the league after the next four matches and winning those four matches <laughs> I think Larry went into that <laughs> With like, I've got this great analogy. I'm not going to think any more about got it. Got lost halfway through the maze and then just kind of like, <laughs> the words. <laughs> uh, you just about hear the analogy finished because uh, you are your ears are deafened by wild. We want flair chance. We want flair. Well, we want this is this is Hurstman country. <laughs> Get out There's of a lot of that garden. tonight. A lot of that tonight. Mean Gene is backstage and he is chatting to Team WCW for Bash Famous at the Beach. Carolina accent. <laughs> Go oh, this is cracking. Get some Bovrelock there. <laughs> yeah, I bloody love that Ric Flair. Fucking fantastic. Flair was in here the other night. He was in the arms the other night. And you see, uh, he's got a table with food on it. It's because he's the best. Yeah, and do you know what? It's all that posh food. Grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bit of beer. I don't eat grapes, me. Uh, I've got, I, I've got I grapes. apples from I've got the meadows from the meadows of Carolina. <laughs> Carolina meadows, we call it. Flair in here. He gave some. He gave some food to the whippet in the corner. He had three pints of mild. We had a game on the darts, and then he fucked off home. And he that was lad. back in nineteen dickety three. And Anderson came in. He'd spat and bust you through the bar if you were lucky. It were a rate laugh. It were a rate laughs. You know, some say it was offensive, but they weren't. It were pally. <laughs> That Mongo's coming in, don't know about him. <laughs> the general agreement. Though. He plays that American football. He he got, he's not got any idea. It's like rugby, but worse. Every time Mongo comes in, we go, oh, handball. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. He don't love it. He shows, he's got this big fuck offering. Yeah, I don't know what it's for, but he's got a big fuck offering with loads of gems on it. Every time he pays on his <laughs> card, he just gets the ring, goes, oh, ain't it pretty? He's got the big orange B. He's like, who do you think he is? That's the only one's got a fucking... <laughs> fucking yeah, I get one of them Samuel round corner. He's just fucking showing off. Fucking hundred pounds. That I don't like him. His, his wife's nice, so she's yeah, she's, she's a lovely. Piece. Oh, Debbie, she's a, Debbie's Debbie's lovely. A, Debbie's, a Debbie's fantastic. Love that Debbie. She comes. She in makes cracking shepherd's pie. She makes lovely biscuits. Does Debbie? That's a. Is that a, is that a crossover gag for the classic SmackDown review? Yes, it is. If you spotted it, give yourself a quaver. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> or maybe a pack of them from behind. Go out and buy a pack of Quavers. Open, open one bag. In fact, open all the bags. <laughs> tip them all out on the floor. Pick out your favorite one and then just do a forward roll through the rest and your ma will love it. Right into the carpet, <laughs> as deep as you can. Do you know what I like about when Ric Flair comes in bar? He'll, he'll come up and he'll buy like nine packs of peanuts just so he can see the woman on the box behind him. Filthy bastard. <laughs> Absolutely filthy bastard. Filthy bastard, I tell you what. He'll go, here are, lads, nine packs of peanuts and we all cheer. Whee! Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> He's a right laugh. Mongol's a bastard. <laughs> Uh, so me and chatting to Team WCW. Thank you, North Carolina. He said he's going to name his daughter after this place. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> what, the feather, the, the, the rover's arms? No, the Ashley Flair Inn at <laughs> Charlotte, Carolina. She's going to name her after her granddad. Call her Grandad Flair. Uh, <laughs> Team WCW is all in Sting's paint. Randy Savage, Lex Luger, and, of course, Stang. <laughs> Uh, they are united by the face paint of Sting and united by their love by for the w face paint. <laughs> it's an actual thing. Reunited. They're united by the face paint. They you are. know, fuck any squabbles, fuck anything. The face paint is what keeps us together. <laughs> Savage <laughs> acknowledges that Charlotte, unit, damn it. that Charlotte is flair country, but WCW is their country and <laughs> England is my city. And whilst they have other focuses, they are united for WCW. Via face paint. Via the fast pant. Sting calls the outs out the outsiders for picking on a commentator. Oh, no. First, Savage goes, I'm off to wrestle Wall Street. And you go, okay, first match of the night lined up. <laughs> and then it's down to Sting and Luger and, and Gene. But the best part is... It doesn't happen all the fucking, like, second last. <laughs> it's ages away. <laughs> how, I'm off now. See you later. the arena? <laughs> Stomping around. It's about half an hour away. Uh, here comes Luger. <laughs> I put here. We're united as a team. WWCW stands tall. And I put, for fuck's sake, Lex. <laughs> I really want to think that this was a deliberate. Oh, here we What do you reckon? Oh, yeah. But like, I just think it's no Luger way, like, fucking up. There's, there's no way that if you presented that to someone like Bischoff, would go, yeah, that was the plan. Uh, it, 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 it's. It, come on, it's got to be Luger fucking It's Luger fucking It's got to be. It's a nice fuck up that kind of feel, feeds into the ongoing, ooh. But I remember just being like, WW, WCW, <laughs> Worldwide World Championship Wrestling. Honestly, if anyone else had said it, the I'd Wumbo say. The Wombo-wide World <laughs> Championship Wombo Wrestling. wide The problem is you've got it said to M for Mini, <laughs> when it needs to be said to W for Wombo. Wombo. I don't think I know what Wumbo is, Patrick. <laughs> you know, I Wumbo, you Wumbo, he, she, we, Wumbo. Wombology, Spongebob. <laughs> the study of Wumbo. I can fucking talk Spongebob for days. <laughs> I want it now. It now stands for Wumbo Championship Wrestling. World Championship Wumbo. Oh, sorry. No, if we're going to mash up with Bischoff, it's Wumbo Commitment Wrestling. <laughs> Wombo commitment wrestling, not communist. <laughs> Definitely not communist. But it's Ign very much our wrestling. Ignore that comrade. picture. <laughs> Ignore that picture. Uh, has anybody else said WW before WCW? I'd have thought, what a clever little trick just to drop that in there. But because it's Luger, I just think it's a happy accident from a man who generally, every time a camera points at him, looks fucking terrified. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Luger the benefit of the doubt here. My, the, you, you and the, the rest of the wrestling of world my, Of that. my tiny, dried up wrestling soul <laughs> um i i'm gonna say that that was deliberate on luger's part okay 
Mainly because well, Disco Inferno appears later and we've got to save some things to blame on him. So. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they are aggressively interrupted by the Steiners and Harlem Heat, who both want a piece of the tag team champions. Uh, raise voices and shoves as Mean Gene throws it to ringside. We're getting a triangle tag team match later on tonight for the titles. It doesn't half go to shit, that promo, doesn't it? It really does. It was, it was like... I, it's sort of it's not like they're new to it because you know interview segments have been a thing but this week for whatever reason i don't know if they're trying out different layouts for the show mm. but like it felt like every match immediately followed by gene in the ring every match immediately followed by gene in the ring like no matter what even if it was just two two little soundbite you know words or having to play eddie guerrero out later which we'll get to but like it, it just felt oddly kind of stop start yeah. with the, the interviews this evening. I don't know if it was just trying to get more info out there story-wise or what, but it might just that's be, probably yeah. the biggest fall down, I think, for this week for me. More so. exposition, more, as much as possible, apparently. Mm. Uh, but Gene, as you say, between pretty much every match, he's got his trainers on tonight, for, for, yeah, you know, metaphorically. Backstage in the ring. Backstage in the <laughs> He should have worn a Fitbit. He'd have smashed his own records. <laughs> Our first match of the night is a tag match. It's the Blue Bloods versus the Public Enemy. You couldn't find more binary opposites. Wall, Wall Street versus Savage, right? No, in a bit. What if Randy Savage has got to eat like 400 Slim Jims to get in the mood to wrestle now? <laughs> like from doing the adverts, he has to do like 50 million takes and he just gets addicted to Slim Jims. But the only way he can press people anymore is you know, just by look. loading up on the, the delicious blended meat. Could you imagine if he went, I'm off to fight Wall Street. And instead of eating the blended meat, he comes back in about two minutes and going, turns out it's not too later. So I'll, <laughs> I'll wait here. Everybody's gone. He's just like, oh, I missed the end of the promo. Missed Fuck the promo. It <laughs> but Everybody, uh, nobody tells Randy shit. <laughs> Fuck so. Nobody tells me nothing. Commentators tell us that Kevin Green is here tonight. Mongo hunting. Uh, we don't hear all of Larry's response to this because on the WWE Network, the Public Enemy's music is appallingly overdubbed and Beep. they couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, they just slapped that shit on there. <laughs> to be honest, it's unavoidable at certain points, though, because depending on the proximity of the ramp to the uh, stage, you've got all of, obviously all the stage monitors, all the backline, like PA and stuff. Some of that's just going to bleed over if someone's talking. So it's just like, ah, just cram it the fuck up. Whack on. it over the top. Mm. But it's overdubbed to the point where the public enemy's picture-in-picture picture starts and it's muted so we can't hear what they're saying. Mm. It comes, the, the audio comes in with Johnny Crunch and Rocco Rock just screaming, Bikinis! Yeah, I, hold on. <laughs> what have I got written here? It was... Zucchinis. Yeah, no, it was. It would sound like funkinis. That was it. It was like funkinis, and then oh. yeah, it just fades over to them like making the red ones. <laughs> yeah, the. I mean, you might be right. I mean, I listened a few times. Bikinis. I, I only listened through. once. So B bikinis. I did the. I, I did the extra journalism and listened several times. But so only you don't need to do that. Just make up any old shite. <laughs> put it in the paper. But the only reason I think they said bikinis <laughs> is because they were plugging for a match at Bash at the Beach. Yes. Which is therefore I made the, them were probably going ah the beach you know fun time. I for one is bikinis. I for one can't wait for Public Enemy to turn up in bikinis at Bash <laughs> at the Beach. If they don't, I'll be filing a formal complaint <laughs> in the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> I hear Eric has a writing section. I will be asking. <laughs> we got our message here from Sam in Newcastle. Why Eric? the fuck weren't the public he enemy says, in bikinis? Why weren't the public enemy in fucking bikinis at Bash the Beach? And there's Eric just going, oh, 
You see, I'd, I'd prefer to be the, the guy were invented. In... I'd prefer to be the really pedantic guy from Comic Con going, Eric. Well, on this episode, you started off by wearing a black long sleeve shirt, <laughs> but by the show's end, you're in a cream long sleeve shirt. Can you, can you just, you know, explain that for me, please? What was the date? I can't remember. It was 1994 at some point, though. I'm just really vague. <laughs> And then every time he's like, you know, I just, you know, everybody kind of gets changed. Sometimes if, you know, you're in the middle of a shoot and, and you know, you spill something out, you got to change your shit. I don't think you would spill something down yourself, Eric. <laughs> you just maintain really awkward eye contact. Just really lingering eye contact. <laughs> we got another email here from uh, <laughs> Sam in Newcastle who uh, is asking, is it true that Randy Savage is a land-to-air <laughs> missile? Was Lex Luger really a washing machine? Yeah, you we, tell me, Eric. I th- hey, look, if you email in to ask Eric that, we won't stop you. Yeah, I, you know. I think the truth will out. And I think if you email it and he doesn't read it, well, I think that answers the question. Exactly. That just confirms it. Mm. Doubles it down. Silence right. is confirmation. Yeah. As, as every good conspiracy theorist Exactly. <laughs> and if you just keep adding things and nobody says anything about it, it just makes them true as well. Exactly. Yeah. Mum, uh, Now I think he knows where Nessie is. I think he knows. The, the fact that he had I a think called Loch Ness. How the rest of the call Loch Ness means he absolutely dredged Loch Ness, <laughs> pulled the monster out and put it in a warehouse so nobody else could steal it as a copyright. Um, and then somehow used its life force to form the NWO. So the NWO is formed from Loch Ness. Maybe. The Loch Ness monster, rather. Possibly. Oh, that might explain sometimes they slip into a Scottish accent. <laughs> it could also be the Dungeon of Doom promos were shot in the drained out Loch Ness. It, it does look like. That water is definitely not hot. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely no Hulkamaniacs here. It's 90 years of Nessie last month since the famous sighting. Oh, happy the, birthday, the, Nessie. The, the, the dick trunk coming out of the water. Oh, Nessie's definitely dead then, right? Well, it depends. Well, if, if like the, the prevailing theory on Nessie, and I'm not really a fan of Loch Nessie, Nessie, and like cryptid stuff anyway, but like I, I find it quite uh, fun to read up on. But the prevailing theory is that it's a dinosaur or a series of dinosaurs that have managed to somehow exist within a subterranean canal system underneath the lake that goes like under the land and, and far away or whatever. But I mean, there's not been any dinosaurs just popping out of the water. So I, I I, don't know. I don't think it's... Mothman. Mothman's something you can believe in. <laughs> Mothman's been in a film and games and shit. You know Mothman's real. Nessie and not so much. So if Nessie had marketed themselves... Nessie better, was in The Simpsons, which, I mean... Mm. Yeah. And apparently in WCW's Lifeblood. Yeah. And in their so. warehouse where the power plant will be one day. <laughs> exactly. It runs off the oil made from Nessie. Yeah, and then it's it might die, and then you'll see a lot of pleather outfits start to come in at mm. uh, WCW shows, which may or may not be made from Nessie. Oh, once this- Nessie famously made from pleather. <laughs> Maybe. Would you make a dog collar out of pleather? No, oh, you could, yeah. Well, that makes sense then, because the public enemy have challenged the Nasty Boys to a dog collar match at Bash of the Beach. Which is confusing, because, again, commentary's kind of oddly faded up and down here, um, and it feels like this is a dog collar match, and they proceed to get out the dog collar, and it's like, oh, okay. And then they just stick it. I think Johnny Grunge just sticks it over the side of the ring post and they forget about it. That's it. And then it's like, oh, I thought it was going to get used as a weapon or no. Nah. 
Just in case you don't know what a dog collar is. Skipping rope. <laughs> you know? That would have been amazing. <laughs> Just start a regal, start a smile. My mother, your mother. That's, in fact, yeah, the next dog collar match I see, I want, I want the two wrestlers to conspire together to make the referee skip rope. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Indie, indie promotions of the world. <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. Regal gets one up on Rocco Rock and then does some funky dancing. He gets drop kicked out of the rig and then fish out of water flops to the outside before tagging in Dave Taylor. Dave Regal's Taylor brilliant. comes in. Dave Taylor comes in a little bit more less nonsense. Uh, just starts fucking laying in the stripes. Fucking out. <laughs> Massive European uppercut. More, just fucking, yeah. Uh, exquisitely trained technical wrestler uh, Taylor no doubt wanted to punch a hole through Rocco Rock when he went for a schoolboy and Rocco just sandbags him. <laughs> Like he forgot, and they do the, they kind of turn it into like a, like a, a turn, a buckle bomb. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. It looked horrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Blue Buds attempt to drag a wrestling match out of the public enemy's soul as Tony Schiavone announces that, quote, the gentlemen who have declared war on WCW have arrived in the parking lot. And everybody's too scared to do anything about it. Uh, yeah. Now, Johnny Grunge has a cast uh, from his injury recently, and he goes... Too to much wanking. To <laughs> Jake told us not to. <laughs> the only snake I touch is Damien. Stop wanking. Um, <laughs> he, um, uh, his masturbatory habits proved to almost pay dividends because he goes to strike Taylor. He does it on purpose, Tom. We he did. does it on purpose. Dirty well, masturbate. Does course, it on purpose. Of course we no, do. Who no. wanks accidentally? To, to the point of the arm breaking. Oh, <laughs> the cast is something that you know that that that's earned. It'd just be fucking dust coming out. <laughs> You haven't got time to produce... You just, just rub the dust into the cast. Blood. Wet it and more plaster of Paris, right? Smelly, stinky plaster of Paris. It's <laughs> <laughs> a submission move all of a sudden now. But he goes to hit <laughs> Taylor. It reminded me of the fucking... It reminded me of the Wrestle Kingdom call from Matt Stryker about Kenny Omega where it was like, you know Omega does the forearm rub? You get somebody who'll just rub his forearm in their face. Matt Stryker was just like, Kenny actually told me he shaves his arms like a week before the match. So the short spiky hairs have more of an effect. Just imagine it. Uh, Rocker Rock actually told me that he wanks on his cast <laughs> before rubbing it into people's face to cause them to immediately submit. <laughs> I feel like, and I love, I love Matt Stryker, but I feel like, if Richard Maidley was a commentator for wrestling, it I, would be Matt Stryker. You know what? Like, having worked with him, I think he, he was a consummate professional. He always learned everything he needed to learn ahead of shows about storylines. He always had stuff ready to go. He had one-liners about everybody just in case, like, time needed to be bought. But it feels like he maybe does a little bit too much explaining to his own detriment. Yeah. And I think he kind of covers for things that, that you know, kind of need covering for. But the way he comes out with stuff that's very kind of unique, it's just always a bit like, oh, yep, okay. <laughs> just a bit jarring. He, uh, as I would say, he over-eggs the pudding. But straight up, like, one of, one of the best, I think, commentators we ever worked with, because he just just got it, just did, just did everything he needed to do and just nailed it. Said hello and goodbye to every single person, no matter who they were on the crew. Like, yeah. Good for you, Matt Stryker. Good for you. Uh, you are a bit Richard Madeley sometimes. In your <laughs> uh, so... He, uh, Grunge goes to hit Taylor with the wanky cast, 
Uh, but Nick Patrick stops him. And initially this takes a moment because... The Not cast- in my ring. Yeah, yeah, basically. Because I had, I don't think it had been truly acknowledged, the cast being a weapon. No, they hadn't really even shown it. They've not really no. hyped it, unless they've been doing it Saturday night. Maybe. Or maybe there's a promo or something. I... So it just looked like Nick Patrick was turning heel. Yeah. Um, moments <laughs> don't like... you hit him. Yeah. He's my favourite. He's my lover. <laughs> don't hit my wife. Um, moments later, Earl Robert Eaton trips Johnny Grunge on the outside from the outside, and as Grunge goes down, he lands on his cast and nearly knocks himself out. But when he recovers, the ref has his back turned, dealing with Regal, and he wallops Taylor with the cast. Then, and having gets just the remembered win. that he has a cast after nearly knocking himself, out. <laughs> yeah, he re- oh yeah. <laughs> My wank is this? Fucking hell. I mean, to be fair, if it is a true wank cast, if he knocked himself out, then the smell would have woke him back up again. That's true. <laughs> oh, God. I think okay. if, 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 if they, they really should have invested a bit more money into freeze frame moments, where like like comic books with, you know, like Bam and Biff, uh-huh. except you should just say like Spunk, wank. or Splooge, or Wank. <laughs> yeah. It's popping up big time. Yeah, uh, that should be it. The the public enemy win with the cast shot and Grunge screams down the camera Splish. to challenge the nasty boys once more. Um you didn't like you literally if you if you'd had it so Grunge just hit Taylor with the cast and pinned him without the Nick Patrick stop. I think I would have forgiven it. This was otherwise a very messy affair. Yeah, I mean like it feels like they don't quite know where and what to do with Public Enemy. They just kind of go, get out there and do your thing. And mm. it's like, okay, it works. But like, it, it sort of needs a direction in, in places. But again, it's all in like the way teams work together, right? I guess the rapport between teams is important. And maybe it wasn't fully there on this night. But it was far from like a car crash. But it was just a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you say teamwork, almost making the dream work. Here. Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Back to the ring, we have Taskmaster in action. He's facing Kip A.B. Who's Kip A.B.? Well, he's a legendary job guy for WCW. He, we lost him in 2017, but genuinely, he's been around for ages. Genuinely thought his name was Ken Baby. 
So I just put it down as Ken Baby. Ken Baby. It's the Sultimate Warrior versus Ken Baby. <laughs> the Sultimate Warrior. <laughs> I prefer it that way. I love that this match is just an advert. It's <laughs> a long-winded advert, but it's an advert. It's an advert. Larry Zabisco says uh, Taskmaster is so evil, he watches Old Yeller and laughs at the end. I thought that was a nice <laughs> line. a nice line. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Taskmaster immediately throws Kip into the crowd. And, Ken, please. Sorry, Ken. Me <laughs> or Ken. You mean? He throws Ken into the crowd and drags him up the stairs. All the way up the stairs. All the way. Ken is dragged towards the concessions area and he nearly gets thrown into the woman's bathroom, which is apparently now Taskmaster's gimmick. Yeah. He just throws people in the ladies. Uh, Doug Dillinger, the, the, the man, <laughs> says, you can't go in here. You aren't going into the women's bathroom. And Sullivan instead goes, okay, then I'll take him over here to this clearly branded subway cart. <laughs> Bonk! <laughs> Lingering shot. Let's get back to the ring. And immediately starts walking back to the ring after just leaving Ken Baby there. He leaves Ken Baby there. <laughs> you get yourself a foot long. <laughs> Clean yourself up. Just throws him a $10 bill. Oh, <laughs> But as Taskmaster gets back in the ring, Mean Gene is waiting for him. Like, yeah. So Mean Gene obviously knew this match. He's just confused as fuck. <laughs> and Mean Gene's already in there with the mic just like, I guess this is it. This is been... This is th we're throwing this out, and this lends to what you said at the start about how like the the, the pacing of this show is off kilter. Yeah, like I arguably just having Taskmaster beating up Ken in the concessions area, you could then cut away to something else. But no, we have to have Taskmaster walk back to the ring and be interviewed yeah. by Gene. And it's like we could have maybe slotted this in a bit later in the night and had a backstage like pre-tape interview with Sullivan. But mm. I, I, they just want to do stuff in front of the live crowd, right? Because the the thing is as well at this time. It, well, to be honest, if you've ever been to like a live WWE event that's being televised, or like a live wrestling event that's being televised, or um, when I went to NFL, like the the period between breaks is fucking agony. Mm. Like the amount of time sometimes you just stood there with like your dick in your hand, going, "What's next?" Like, oh, ten minutes of silence. We've got another advert on the screens. Yeah, and then it just all of a sudden kicks back off again. Is that right? So I, I figure, you know, do as much as you can in front of the audience is commendable because I, I, you know, in between that, it would have been lots of kind of stalling, lots of downtime, lots of backstage interviews or whatever. So if you can do them out there, then I guess the rabid crowd can kind of play into it a bit. Yeah, that's true. It gives them something to enjoy and keeps yeah. their energy levels up. Uh, but Gene Oakland speaks to <clears throat> Taskmaster, who's now with Jimmy Hart in the ring, about his fixation with restrooms. Uh, Gene reveals we're getting Taskmaster and the Giants versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit at Bash at the Beach. If the Horsemen win, the Giant has to defend the title on Nitro. We the next want day. Flair. We want Flair. That's Just it. drowns it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's as the chat right before we get into the, the We Want Flair and all that stuff, right? I mean, it shows a, like I know that the big bill for Bash at the Beach is you know, the who's the third man. Yeah, but fuck me. You have the number one contenders match on night on the pay per view <laughs> to build to the free television show. Yeah, Fuck. why not? Why do they? And this is so WCW. They get it that way round all the time. I the thing is, all I imagine I imagine TV deals, you know, back then have got to be quite substantial. Mm. So it might be that you need X amount of stuff on TV. So it could be like use the TV to incite interest in the pay-per-view to then try and incite interest in free TV. Mm. But then why are you doing big blow-off stuff on TV? 
It just sort of goes against how wrestling's worked for the last 40 years by this point. Mm. Taskmaster says he's in the Horseman's Town and they're coming to Daytona Beach where he lives and dwells <laughs> for the tag match. Uh, as you say, We Want Flair booms around the arena. Um, oh, Jimmy says he wants to choke himself on Space Mountain, though. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, uh, misses? <laughs> He's going to do himself a cast injury. He's just like, like, just choke myself on that space mountain. <laughs> and he looks directly in the camera and says, you know what that means, don't you? Huh? It eats a huh? space, eats a space huh? mountain, really. Huh? He peels a space mountain and eats it really slowly. Yeah. Uh, we get another promo for Glacier. Fuck me, he's nearly here. We've got another line of dialogue, which is just some wanky shit where it's like, uh, you know, it's that our world's about to change and the blood runs cold and his eyes are fixed on vengeance and chill out and freeze <laughs> off and... You know, loads of when wanky did, bollocks. And now we've got... dinosaurs an, die? The Ice Age! Now we've got, like, an eye opening at the end of it. It's like, oh, it's a blue eye and he's breathing steam. Ooh, this is going to be a wet fart when it lands. <laughs> it's going to be such a wet fart. And it's such a shame, such a dynamic performer. It mm. just didn't click, right? And that was it. Well, we'll we'll watch it click or not click as we get closer to next month. Where For it a bit, and then it'll all move over to Saturday night. <laughs> uh, from the Wrestling Observer this week, Glacier was at the New York Licensing Fair this week in full costume. Uh, onlookers were to told us his costume didn't look as good in person as it has on the videos. Yeah. Uh, he's said to look like Chris Champion, who played Yoshi Kwan in WCW and Cowabunga the Turtle in the USWA. Right. <laughs> Although others have told me he's a guy who's never wrestled before and they are training at the camp. Others uh, have said it's going to be a futuristic martial arts team. Glacier is the first member of... Well, you team. need fire to go with the ice, don't you? And then wind, Big Scott and Norton. Oh. We get rid of ice train. Glacier can be the new ice train. Fire and ice. There you go. And we'll call it Mortal Fire Bat with ice. <laughs> Immortal Fire Bat. This is a guy called Ray Den. Two different words. Uh. <laughs> controls thunder. Can it be Ken? He only controls thunder because they can't really work out the lightning effect. So, like, he walks in, you see, <laughs> but that, that's all him. He's the one doing it. He's making the noises. He can do what he likes, really, because as we'll figure out in years to come, nobody watches thunder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired on a wrestling show that ended in 2000. But what a set it had. Oh, it did, I love the it? thunder set. I'm a, I can't wait for start like watching thunder as well as three fucking hours a night. I really don't. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. So basically, <laughs> the admin here is because because WWF uploaded superstars from '96. So I'm, yeah. I'm sort of skimming that every week before Raw, and then just kind of doing here's the cliff notes from superstars. Right. Because sometimes there's a few storyline uh, things that come along. So I think for Thunder, I'll I'll just come here with some cliff notes. You poor Thunder. bastard. Yeah, but you know what. You're going to get to see some all right Goldberg matches, though, if you can call them matches. Yeah, we'll get yeah. some of them. We'll get some, we'll, we'll, quite a lot of the streak. Early on, they do put a lot of a lot of sauce on Thunder. Well, you, you got to. It's a new show. Yeah. Yeah. But by the end of it, oh, it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's, it's the boneyard. It's no surprise how it ends, considering how it starts, and it's very kind of out of left field. And hey, Eric, cancel your family holiday. We need a new show. Mm. And it's like okay. That's it. I guess I'll fucking sack all this off and come back to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the ring, it is hard work. Bobby Walker, he is hard work. And he's fighting Dean Malenko, the cruiserweight champion. Bobby has a wonderful Eye of the Tiger ripoff as his theme. He does. 
I enjoyed it eventually. Yeah. Jimmy Hart, you've done it again. Uh, Malenko. I is... take the third chord and I just change it. <laughs> it goes. It's a whole new song. <laughs> Instead of do 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 do, we go do 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> Vanilla Hart, you've done it again. <laughs> Uh, Malenko is defending the cruiserweight title against known cruiserweight Disco Inferno at Bash at the Beach, which is a shame for him. Yeah, but it, it's got to be fun in some ways. Yeah. You know, you can just pull his arm out and then just beat him with it. <laughs> just, just beat him with his own arm. Now, Bobby Walker is really fucking good. He is. He never really gets a look in, but he's no, class. No, I yeah. really like Bobby Walker. He keeps Dean Malenko on his toes from the off. Uh, Malenko catches Bobby with a turnbuckle shot to the heat then wears him down with a headlock, a body scissors, and a camel clutch. As he goes to put the Texas cloverleaf on, Disco Inferno starts heading to the ring with his gold disc because his song went double gold. Yeah, I released some music and people bought it. Mm, Here's I my disc. Every, everybody is uh, everybody's going, how has he got all this, this accreditation in music? I have never heard one of his songs. Something that wrestling fans will say for Bad Bunny in 2023. If you look closely, He's just holding ACDC's back in black. As the, ah. Can you imagine? He just comes out with like a really it's popular got disco record. written on it. <laughs> For the record, I think Bad Bunny's a far better musician than Disco Inferno, just in case anybody's about to write a strongly worded email. That's not what Tom said before we started, so do write no, that I'm email. Li- I'm lying do to write that email. <laughs> do write that email. You let Tom have it. Disco asks WCW as he gets into the ring to hit his music. He starts dancing as the match is progressing. Everybody in the ring is confused as fuck. Yeah. Like, hard work's just trying to kind of ease him down, just like tapping him. Malenko's like, what the fuck? Referee's like, get down. Uh, and it, it all kind of <laughs> okay. just, it just, it just leads to more and more confusion, doesn't it? Disco, um, so as Disco's on the top rope doing his dance, uh, he... Malenko gets Malenko drop kicks Bobby into him. Disco ends up falling to the outside of the ring, and Malenko lands a beauty of a Northern Light suplex and gets a three on Bobby Walker. Never mind, Bobby. Uh, he's on. Then here's Mean Gene again. Straight uh, in there. Straight in there to chat with Dean Malenko. And Dean starts to talk, but then Disco Inferno uh, goes to hit Dean with the gold record, but he gets caught. Uh, he gets caught in 4K. As the Malenko say. tells him off like his dad. Mm, he does. He's yeah. got a real dad vibe, and he do Malenko. Don't you do that in my ring? <laughs> Disco then calls Malenko Mr. Personality, bang to rights, and says he was out to help the ratings as Dean and Bobby were stinking up the joint. Inferno leaves, celebrating his record as Malenko says, "I'm a man of a thousand holds, but I'm only going to need one to take you out." And then Disco talks about how nobody loves him and the pinnacle of his career will always be playing a lower card moron. (laughs) He just needs a big break, guys. Just one shot with the big gold, please. (laughs) Everyone loves Saturday Night Fever. It's 1996. Just give me the belt. Just give me the fucking belt. (laughs) He does say that. I missed that. Yeah. (laughs) He says it again. He says that for the next 30 years. Although in he will make a slight break of that because I remember I always remember Disco Inferno being on the Big Breakfast in two thousand and one when WWA were touring and they showed a oh clip God. of him hitting Manus. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah! This week, oh, this week on the classic SmackDown review, we do a, a little deep dive into the WWA show in Sydney because it's the same week that that happened. See, because they came here and I never went, and oh. it was like oh, but it looked like a shit show. So my dad was like, nah. Like, it, it's, we're going to turn up and nobody's going to be on the card. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, most people turned up. But yeah. The show was dreadful. Yeah. Now, we'll have some fun with that on Saturday. Um, but 
with oh yeah, so he was on Channel Four on Big Breakfast, and they showed a clip of him hitting the village people's elbow. Nice, <laughs> which is where he puts a hard hat on, does yeah. the dance, and then does the elbow. So I did like that from Disco Inferno. Not a lot else I like about him. But I'm I leaving like... this podcast permanently. <laughs> I like the village people's elbow. Don't leave. Aaron, don't leave. <laughs> Aaron! Uh, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero is in action next. He's against the Barbarian. Yay! T- Tony Schiavone really puts over Eddie Guerrero's legacy and skill set. But Larry doesn't think he's fit to defend WCW. <laughs> Fuck off, Larry. <laughs> There's Fucking a reason. Adam, there's Alexander a reason the Larry only gets to the first forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Forty-two if he's not careful. <laughs> Eddie gets overpowered by Barbarian, who catches him on a crossbody, gives him a vicious power bomb and a pump handle slam. Barbarian looks really impressive as a big lad. Oh yeah. Uh, Eddie avoids a corner splash and turns a power bomb into a very ropey victory roll, which seems to get booze. Uh it it felt like the booze came more when he was the upstanding, nice human being at the end of the match for yeah. me. Like, because obviously Gene's straight in there. The bell's barely rung and Gene's just stood there like, <laughs> what do you think of this, Eddie? Uh, but it, it felt like the second he started being humble and being like kind of, hey, you know, like I'm just out here doing my thing and if I could be part of those three names defended WCW's honor, I'd be doing it and, you know, I'm a blue chip, a baby face. Yeah, I'm a nice guy. Everybody cheer for me. And they're just like, fuck off. This is horseman country. Horseman country. Fuck the baby faces. We like cunts. (laughs) Big cunt. Show us your watch. How is not a promo? He's not taking his shoes off and throwing them at us like Flair He's not one slap money in me face. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, it's easy. You do a promo, you come out, you talk about how much money you got. And how, how better many... you are than all of us dirty, unwashed people. Yeah. Then, yes. you, then you list all the women you've shagged. Right. And then you beat, you know, fucking Ricky Morton. Yeah. It's wrestling. Easy. Flair tells us that every time he comes in the arms. And the, and the Rovers. Uh, Barbarian. Ah, oh, fuck you, Eddie. Gorgeous overhead belly to belly suplex. Yeah. Fucking yeet. Just... See you later. Yeah, just, just, just lobs him. Just, just fucking lobs him. Lobs him. It's amazing. <laughs> he goes for another because thank you, sir. I'd like more. But Guerrero maneuvers it to turn it into a cross body. Larry's Abisco. Fuck you. I don't. I just does Eddie owe Larry money because it was clearly. <laughs> He went up, and then Eddie was able to maneuver himself to hit a crossbody yeah. and get it. But Larry was like, oh, Barbarian slipped. Well, Lady Luck was shining on Eddie. No, Eddie just fucking out-wrestled him. Maybe maybe Larry just likes the bad guys. Maybe. That's true. But he also likes WCW. Yeah, but everybody's got to like WCW, bad and good alike, because there's dirty WWF, maybe not WWF, but they, they certainly used to work there. We don't know where they work right now. They're invading. Uh, that's true. I, had, I hadn't really thought that maybe Larry was just being a heel commentator. <laughs> I got too lost in the action. I, got too I was lost. just too blinded by my hatred for Larry fucking Zabisco. <laughs> God! <laughs> Fuck Larry! Oh yeah, I really got worked there, didn't I? Wow. <laughs> what a mark I am. <laughs> fucking dirty mark living in my basement. Um, which is weird because it's my house. Um, mean Gene is in the ring like a whippet with a bum full of dynamite. He's and straight in there. The most, the most stop-start point of the evening happens now. <laughs> I want to talk about three months ago. <laughs> fucking, that's it. Mean Gene tell, shows a clip from Uncensored. In fucking March. <laughs> where it shows <laughs> Eddie getting caught with a, getting caught in low March. by Conan and rolled in up. In March. <laughs> Let's talk about this hot topic. Remember in March? <laughs> you remember way back in there? That thing that we haven't referenced at 
any point. Not even after the match. Just not even once. And Eddie's been on telly a lot. Yeah, so has Conan. And that, yeah. <laughs> They've just been cracking on. Eddie says there's no excuses, but he thinks he deserves a rematch for the US title. And the crowd fucking booing. This is, yeah, so when he starts doing all the kind of, you know, I'm just here, and I, I think everybody in the back also agrees, you know, I, I, I think I need another fair <laughs> shot at it, and... You know, like, everybody's just like, fuck off, we want flair. <laughs> and I know that I took exception with Larry shitting on Eddie. But then Eddie here goes, I really wish I could go up against those invaders. And then Gene just immediately, <laughs> fuck off, we've got to get a break. Well, yeah, they, start, they start playing him off. Yeah, They start playing him off just after Gene asks the second question. And then Gene's just trying to wrap Eddie up as fast as he can. And Eddie's just trying to give the answers as fast as he can. Okay. It's just like louder. It's like dip 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 dip. dip. The wanna, nitro theme just join, pumping in. I want to join Sting and live. Da, 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 da. Shut up, Eddie. Back in your box. Wow, how do they do this stuff? It's a WCW <laughs> magazine advert Yay. you've seen fifty times. Except this month, there's no news. So here's a behind the scenes on. How Nitro looks behind the scenes. <laughs> you like your pictures of stages. That was certainly important to plug. <laughs> it's a difficult one with magazines because every time they've done the plug of the magazines, they're for storylines that are so old. Well, it's like the magazine's playing catch up. Mm. So like the magazine's always kind of analyzing the fallout of prior things. And then it feels like this this issue is just there's nothing really going on, so they just go. It is some speculation about what's going to happen in the future, and also behind the scenes, there's <laughs> pictures of the cameras and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loves that. Look, it's Mean Gene. <laughs> he's in a dressing room. He's in the he's in the pool with his little camera. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The wrestling continues after the advert. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express are fighting the Horsemen. Here we go. It's Horseman country. Here's the Rock and Roll Express. Here's Arn Anderson. Here's Benoit. Here's Mongo. And no, Rick. Here's a two-minute wait. Because <laughs> we got to wait for the explosive. But also, yeah, no flair. No flair. We've, have we seen him by this point? Yep. We see him in a... Yeah. And spoiler... We don't in front of the live crowd. Yeah, no, Flair's not there. It, it's it's oh, he's clearly there. being pre-recorded. He was no. there. Oh, he's there. He was there. They don't bring him out in front of the live crowd. Not even for a dark segment. I think he does. I, th I think he might come out for a dark segment. I was going to say he was in his robe. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? We'll get there in a bit. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, but they don't bring him out from the live crowd. Fucking hell! Because he's a heel. And we because they they him. hate pops. They just fucking hate crowd we, response. As, as we'll find out. <laughs> as we'll find out in years to come. WCW really hate money. <laughs> We so wanna... on the table right now is a lit firework that's about to explode the second it's touched or a bag of 50 million quid. What sort of firework is it? <laughs> <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Why would it do this to me? <laughs> no fingers left. <laughs> hey, these cruiserweights and the masks are getting over. These luchadors are getting over. I've got it! We'll take all their masks off! But then we can't sell the mask. No, stick, exactly. stick little glue horns on his head. It'll be fine. He's a filthy animal now. <laughs> People will love the glue He's horns. He's going to get booed to fuck when he puts it back on before coming back to WWE. But it's only one show and he kind of asks for forgiveness and he gets it. So everything's <laughs> going to be fine in the end. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're in flare country. What the bloody hell's going on? No flare in front of the live camera. As the match is about to start, as you rightly say, the dynamite uh, runs down on the little logo in the corner. And then we light the fuse and bring the boom nitro and then we go to a break and then when we come back they've got the fucking goal to have fucked up the tapes this they was have. presented as close to its original form as possible we come back in just mid melee mm -hmm. i thought you'd appreciate 
like the the dodgy VHSness of oh, this I love existing. It. But coffee. at the same time, it's just like God damn. Yeah, if you watch it on the if you watch it on the network, like the the tape sort of lost wrestling media out. is just you know it's, it's always fascinating. It's great, fun, always yeah. fascinating. I like stuff like that. Bit. <laughs> it feels more exciting to come missing. back into a match that's already underway. Anyway, as weird as that sounds, and that's to kind say. of what they plan. Like, yeah. like all all of every element of Nitro. Is trial and error from a break like that? It's usually like you'll come back in at a rest hold spot, so you know they've done some back and forth. But mm. now we go, uh, and Larry has been moved on, uh, and Bobby Heenan is here. He is raging about the outsiders for that. <laughs> and how they want to throw WCW talent out in the street, and them not knowing the third man. It's really rattled him. I I really love how serious they take this threat. Yeah. It's so good. Well, from this point, it's from Bobby arriving, we really start doubling down. It's been mentioned once or twice that there's heightened security at the venue tonight, but mm. Bobby's kind of really skittish. Whenever it cuts back to them, he's like looking over his shoulder. He keeps getting up and just looking around, making sure everything's all right. And, you know, Tony's like, you know, there's, there's everybody around. We're fine. Don't worry about he's it. nervous Nelson. Uh, all night. Yeah, he's very nervous. So they start really laying into it, and I think it works well. It really does. Yeah. Um, Horsemen are getting great reactions, but they want flair. Uh, we got a tight tag team encounter here. Arn absorbing a lot from Rock and Roll Express, whereas Benoit seems to look strong every time he gets tagged in. He'll lob yeah. him around back to Arn, and Arn will get a beat in. End of this comes with the ref getting distracted by Arn and Ricky Morton giving Mongo the chance to crack Gibson with the briefcase. It gives Benoit a cheap win over the Rock and Roll Express, but a win for the Horsemen all the same. Uh, Joe Gomez Mongo is Mongo's opponent for Bash at the Beach. And when he sees this beat down by the horseman, he legs it to try and make the save, but he gets cracked with Mongo's Oh, he just gets, he just well. gets dropped like a sack of potatoes. Fucking like stove done. his head just in. fucking bah. Done. Absolutely fucking stoves his head in. But don't worry, everybody, because to save the day, we've also got Randy Savage and Kevin Green. What happened to Wall Street? <laughs> it's not happened yet. He's still getting ready. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Randy and Kevin run off the horseman sans flair uh, we'll see you lads probably at the pay-per-view yeah. or as we'll find with Kevin Green not for fucking ever again oh no the Kevin Green thing's my favourite oh good good yeah. good uh, backstage uh, we have Deborah, Elizabeth Woman and there's Ric Flair yeah, he's everybody in... cheer he's here to see you he's all oh my Queen god he City. turned up he cares about you all so much Flair is delighted to see the horseman united and he's locked up underground with security <laughs> uh, so deep underground that mere minutes after they ran out of the match Mongo, Benoit and Anderson just turn up They've got teleportation devices. Mongo says that the horsemen are an island unto ourselves and nobody can stop them. Ric Flair tells Conan that it's hard to be humble. I guess we're getting Ric Flair and Conan? Yeah, I can see that working. It was just like, we've not had it mentioned at any point. <laughs> and then Rick just went, hey, Conan, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't like Conan. Unless it's Conan O'Brien. I don't know. It just, it was a weird... Non sequitur. I'm sure everybody watching might have known. The one thing I remember from this, a weird sort of hardwired memory, is I had the um, the Four Horsemen documentary or the Ric Flair documentary. It might be the Four Horsemen one. And they show the first clips of Mongo joining the Horsemen, and it shows him showing off his Hall of Fame ring, going, "Ain't it pretty? Ain't it pretty?" 
So I went, oh, this is where that's from. So just a little bit by Mark. Ain't it pretty? As he held up his ring. I was like, there you and go. Was it his Super Bowl ring rather than his Hall of Fame ring? It was his superb owl ring. Yes. The one rather Hall of Fame ring. He's in every Hall his of Fame. His big game ring. I don't know what we can legally say. They go after people on TV. We can say the Super Bowl. The superb owl ring. Yeah. Because <laughs> who gives a hoot? Uh, Tony and Bobby are bigging up Bash at the beach. Heenan's still furious that people are taking the mystery third man not seriously enough. He's like, why aren't we more panicked? And again, I love it. I love the idea that the fact they don't know who it is really pisses him off. Yeah, it could so be anybody. Like, it could be Luger. He almost said WWF earlier. Everybody get Luger. Just yeah. get him out of here. Let's all beat him up. It's just getting... That's just like a gang initiation. Get Luger down, beat him up, and then if he's still all right at the end, he can be part of the club. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Do that. It's what they should have done on that Nitro. Is that what they did with Test? Should have been his first Nitro. They just drag him out, stomp him, and they put a Nitro t-shirt on him and hold his arm up. Hey, he's part <laughs> of the club us, now. One of us. I, it was in, in 2001 where they had uh, where the WWF roster beat up Test because they thought he was a mole for the Alliance. And it turned out he wasn't. And then about a week later, he joined the Alliance anyway. Because <laughs> you all beat me up. So fuck it, I'm joining him. <laughs> Great storyline from Tess. He started wearing sunglasses because he was a baddie. Uh, Heenan says the outsider's invasion may not stop at wrestling. They could do the same with the basketball or the Indy 500. I never thought about the NWO taking over the Premier League. It, I it, quite like. I, I like the idea of making the idea bigger of than Kevin Nash, like Scott Hall, just walking down like the back of fucking Gallagher end. Yeah, climbing over the barricade, just middle of a match, just walking to central like central line on the pitch. And just, uh, just waiting for a microphone to drop down out of the sky. And then trying to cut a promo as balls are just smashing him in the face. I think it'd be great. And then a bunch of, um, then several of Newcastle's main players in 96 all come out to try and stop them. At least that's what we think. Until Alan Shearer takes off his top and he's wearing an NWO shirt. Tiger Woods is on a tear, right? It's PGA Tour. He's about to get a hole in one. Scott Hall just kicks the ball away. It's like, you know who I am. <laughs> but you don't know why I'm here and the crowd are just lobbing shit at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ty- and then another golfer joins the NWO. Yeah. In in to to kick it to Tiger Woods. Yeah. And then Tiger can join in a few months anyway. That's how that's how the NWO works. Well, I mean everybody's in the NWO, aren't they? Everybody. Everybody. Joins. Everybody, everybody and their nan. Everybody. <laughs> Maybe Gareth Southgate was in the NWO. Possibly. Because he missed and he missed that penalty on purpose. I, well, maybe he still is in the NWO, and that's why we haven't won any any World Cup. <laughs> maybe it's him. Maybe he's holding us back. He won the World No, actually, no, because Gareth Southgate led the women to the Women's World Cup. That's That was Euros, right? The Women's Euros. That was so it. still no World Cup. Still no time. World Cup. <laughs> and Fair as we point. know, the World Cup is, is the key. <laughs> it is. It's so been that's... a long time, Tom. <laughs> I don't even follow football. And and all it's these been a long years fucking time. stopped you dreaming? No, but I, I now think it's Gareth Southgate's fault, and I'm going to write to the FA. <laughs> He's in collusion with a Patriot missile, a washing machine, and, and an aging wrestler with a mortal tattooed on his back. We got Sam Driver emailing again. <laughs> he says, is it true that you considered Gareth Southgate for the NWO? You could totally get, I reckon you could totally get weird conspiracies into American soccer coverage mm. um, by just, just if they had an email in, just, just spout some random bollocks, attach a picture of somebody famous, and then, yeah. Questions? Yeah, and they'll show the picture of like Pat Butcher 
And they won't know. <laughs> They'll have a clue. Maybe Thoughts we should all this? be doing that. I think we should, actually. Yeah, it's get nice... out of the sports centre and just start spamming them with shite. It's a nice way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. Uh, up next, it is the Lord of the Ring match for the Lord of the Ring ring. Diamond Dallas Page puts the ring up against Alex Wright. After... Sid Sherman. Uh, Sid Sherman. I'm going to win the ring. I promise. I promise. Uh, after Das Wunderkid comes out, uh, DDP heads to the ring, chomping on a cigar uh, to WWE's ripoff of WCW's ripoff of Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, I, I kind of hope that now that they've got, you know, a more open-minded person in there like Nick Khan, it feels, when it comes to things like rights, mm. just to clarify, when it comes to things like clearance rights, I just want fucking proper WrestleMania one back. Give me Easy Lover. Oh, There's just yeah. a rundown to silence basically at the start, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, we, we need it's like easy fucking lover. like it's it's your first big WrestleMania event ever. Like your first fucking WrestleMania. Pay for the rights for that at least. Give get Eye of the Tiger. Get fucking all the other tracks we need. Just just for the first one at least. Mm. Oh. Present it as we were meant to see it. Yeah. Please. I don't want to have to buy it on Laserdisc to hear the original music. <laughs> I fucking oh, yeah, will. Yeah, of course. I will. How much is it on Laserdisc? It's very expensive. I think last copy I saw was well over 150 quid. <laughs> but then you need a player. Mm, and then you need sure. the adapters to make your player work. And so it just becomes a mountain cost. Unless you just want to get it and like nail it to the wall like a big mirror because it's about the size of a mirror. That might work. Yeah. Do it that way. Wrestle mirror. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, WrestleMania LaserDisc. Um, let's go to shopping. Is there a shopping option? No. LaserDisc database. Um, it says here on the LaserDisc database they're selling one for thirty nine ninety five. Ah. WrestleMania one on LaserDisc. Nice. I'm in. I'm in. What about bloopers, bleeps, and body slams? <laughs> or Hulkamania Volume 1? Volume two, or volume three, or best of the WWF volumes one through five. <laughs> Smack and Whackham, which randomly features Ric Flair, Bret Hart for the WWF title the night yeah. that Bret wins the belt. Yeah. <laughs> Weird distribution back in the day. Wright gets a series of early roll ups that rattles Paige. Um, Heenan, uh, and Heenan's still talking about how upset he is about the NWO. Uh, but Wright gives it some socks as he challenges for the Lord of the Ring. However, DDP gets the knees up with Wright goes for a springboard splash. He attempts to escape a power slam, but DDP turns it into a diamond cutter out of nowhere for the finish. And he retains his Lord of the Ring ring. And then Gene comes out, as, as you're expecting by this point. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Who's he facing? Uh, Bash of the Beach! Who's DDP facing the bash of the beach? Jim Doggeroni pizza. Yes! But, that's but the spicy pizza! I'm trying to remember what the crack was, because there was something that happens here. I'm trying to... Ah, it's gone. Well, shall I explain it? Yeah. Right. So, Mean Gene reveals that Diamond Dallas Page will indeed face uh, Jim Duggaroni Pizza at Bash of the Beach. Yes. The booze from the crowd, because it's not Flair. Yeah, it's not Ric Flair. But it will be a taped fist match. That's it. DDP claims there is a conspiracy to keep DDP down by putting him in a taped fist match against Duggan, saying that, quote, his bimbo grandmother used to do taped fist fights. He tells Duggan to tape his whole body. It won't matter. He's not taking the ring. I think the Tolkien estate should jump in here as well because he declares himself <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Multiple. Oh. Uh, so if you want some quick money now that you're going ahead with Rings of Power Season 2 without the writers on set, God, this is going to be bad. Uh, you can sue 
the network, maybe. Mm. Make some billions from Yeah, that I'm sure that'll stand up in court. That'll be fine. It's yeah. Perfectly fine. But yeah, DDP and Duggan at Bash of the Beach because of reasons. That'll be a thing. Uh, another Glacier advert once again. And then to the ramp where Mean Gene is chatting with Kevin Green. You like uh, this bit, didn't you? This is my favorite bit of the whole episode. You've got Kevin Green going off at the fact that Mongo has betrayed him, all the other shit. Randy Savage is still in his corner. Blah, 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 blah. Expected chatter from Kevin Green. But it's basically after Mongo sold me out, I have a game plan. The Panthers are going to kick ass. But after the season, I'll be back for a match. See you in like eight months. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye now. See you later. I'm Kevin Green. Tati, bye. Bye. Goodbye. See you later. I you mean, won't remember me by the time I come back. I'll Not if you don't watch back. football, but I'm coming back. <laughs> Babyface Kevin Green. To be fair. Bye-bye. To be fair. They did they they did set up a match between Guerrero and Conan because of something that happened in March. Yeah. So they have the potential to do callbacks. I don't trust them. It's not Hulk Hogan though, so we're not going to get a weekly mm. cutback. Although this week there's no weekly cutback to Hogan. No. I wonder why that is, considering it was around the corner. This is busy also. Uh, Kevin Green does indeed say that he isn't coming back till after the season. But every time he uh, he drills somebody or beats up a quarterback, he's going to picture Mongo's backstabbing. Face. Whenever he sacks in the yeah. pocket. Yeah. Uh, the Observer writes this week that it, was, that it was reported in various media outlets that Kevin Green received $100,000 for the match at the Great American Bash, uh, which is not a bad little payday. And, I'm, and, right I would, and I'd imagine it would tempt him to come back. Didn't even have to eat a Slim Jim. Didn't have to eat a single, at least pretended to eat yeah. a Slim Jim. If he'd actually ate it, it would have been 200000 Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If you pretend to eat it, can we give you 100000 He's yeah, like, yeah, I'll, I'll eat it, but you have to flush the, the entire bloodstream. I don't want any cholesterol in there. <laughs> I, I want all new blood. <laughs> from new Ferrari. Blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's petrol. <laughs> uh, it's the match that Macho Man has spent a good hour getting ready for. Including uh, running down to the ring. Already. <laughs> it is VK Wall Street and Randy Savage with Kevin Green in his corner. Savage immediately pummels Wall Street, bouncing his head off the turnbuckle pad, raking the eyes across the ropes. Loud, we want flare chance as Wall Street starts to beat up Savage. And that is until he gets a boot from Savage off the back of a top rope nothing. <laughs> I love a top rope, nothing yeah. from IRS. Uh, Savage hits a clothesline or two, but Wall Street rolls out of the ring before he can land a diving elbow. Wall Street then swings for Kevin Green, and Green throws him into the turnbuckle post. Stitch that. He ends up giving Savage another chance to land the elbow off the top, and he does, and Savage puts away Vincent Kennedy Wall Street. Yeah, it was, you know, it was everything you'd expected, but the one thing that stood out is the usually Anal WCW. I did a Luger there. <gasps> Am you I the, the third, third man? man? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the usually anal WCW referees. Like, I mean, fuck, we've seen them throw matches out because he went over the top rope. Uh, so it's just referee full blown looking at Kevin Green attack a member of the match and then just throw him back in and go, I see no problem here. <laughs> <laughs> when like Savage has been fined and suspended a thousand million quid for like sneezing at a ref. But the, but Heenan acknowledges saying the fact, hey look, there needs to be more rules around here. Tony says, we're at war. There are no rules. To which Heenan says, so you and I can jump Oakland when the show is over. I think and you'll Tony fight. And goes, why not? These boys need to uh, learn the Geneva Convention. <laughs> There are several rules for war. <laughs> <laughs> 
the mean Geneva Convention. <laughs> Am I right, kids? <laughs> he drafted it at his house on the ramp. <laughs> well, you may know I've uh, drafted the uh, mean gene convention here on the ramp and uh, looking just... ahead to Nitro next week. I was supping on me Anderson's relish when I thought I'd come up with some rules for this year into promotional work. <laughs> supping on my Henderson's relish. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny on. phrase. Yeah. Supping on my Henderson's relish. <laughs> like drinking it like it's a nice yeah, little, just a little, you know, little tipple. Oh, that's lovely. lovely and fruity. Uh, drop a bit in my bottle. Fantastic. <laughs> North Carolina strong, am I right? <laughs> uh, main event o'clock is finally here. It's the triangle tag team match for the Dub C Dub tag team titles. Harlem Heat is out first. Booker T is on the phone as they enter. Could it be Sherry Martell he's chatting to? Possibly. It was last time. Ooh, mm. Could he be the third man? Mm, he could be on the phone to... Uh, Just walking out. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck him over. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking kill him. Steve goes, who was that? Oh, it's mum. <laughs> so you want me to take him out with a chair? You just fucking lay him out. <laughs> As uh, DFS, I've got yeah. some sofa, co- some furniture coming. I've got to lay out a chair. Uh, the Steiners come out to either woofs or booze. I can't quite tell. Uh, the champs are out last with Leg Luger still in Sting's lovely face paint. United by face paint. United by face paint. Mm-hmm. Steiner gets the first big move of the match. Beauty of a double underhook bomb on Booker. Uh, but the pin was broken by Luger. And the champions just stand there watching their opponents wrestle. <laughs> if I was Steiner, I'd have walked just straight across the ring and went, right on Stig, and went, get in there, buddy. Clatters him. <laughs> yeah, Rick, Rick getting tagged in. He muscles Stevie Ray with a German suplex, a stiff as fuck clothesline as well. Scott tags Sting, <clears throat> which Sting cautiously takes. And he ends up dodging a cautiously, kick. From... He's been stood on the fucking rope for five minutes. <laughs> he's very cautiously taking Tim and Luger like <clears throat> watching tennis. It was like this. But it's more the fact that he's getting a tag from an opponent. Oh, yeah. So he's a bit like, no. I get it. I get it. But again, the first thing I would have done with it if it was either of those rival teams is walk across the ring and tag in Sting or Luger. Yeah, get in Just here. Get in there. Earn you your, tie yourself your money, out. Cunts. <laughs> Booker comes back after Sting takes control uh, with a good re- good run and a hell of a roundhouse kick. Mm. Oh, it's lovely. He misses a top rope splash, though, and Sting starts cleaning house. But as he does so, fucking hell. I knew they were in the parking lot. Now they're in the... How long is this building? Scalpers, mate. Scalpers <laughs> got them in. How is that? They just bought some tickets. Yeah, bought some tickets. <laughs> Holding like, a piece of paper that just have nitro written yeah, on them in two, crayon. Two for nitro. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hall, Kevin Nash enter through the crowd. They've got baseball bats. But security makes it to the ring before they do. Oh my fucking god, security like a like like a bacteria. Yeah. Just fills the ring. Like a local police force that they've got. You boys like wrestling? Couldn't be on <laughs> telly. And then they just fondle their guns longingly as the outsiders stand there with baseball bats going. Oh, they do have guns. But the referee They do have guns. The referee, as armed police, have hands <laughs> on their fucking guns. And two blokes are walking through the crowd with baseball bats. Yeah. The ref's like, I mean, it's still technically a match. So we see Booker T get a cheapy as fuck roll up on Luger to take the tag team title. <laughs> New champs! Way! Hey. And Kevin Dash, there's a, there's a great shot where all this carnage is happening. No one gives a fuck the titles of James Hands. Kevin Dash has got a hold of rings up with bats, so you just see Booker and Stevie <laughs> walk past them yeah. going, all right, let, let her, Booker's. Hey! Uh, 
in the ring, police, as we say, their hands on their fucking guns. Yeah. Like they're going to shoot Kevin Nash and Scott. It's the only way to deal with it. It's amazing. It's a Mexican standoff with Lex Luger, the Steiners and Sting and the police. Uh, not the band, staring down Kevin Nash and Scott Hall on the outside. Uh, they decide, maybe not today. But it does show that Luger, you know, while he gets rolled up, the first thing he does, he doesn't appeal to the referee, he doesn't turn to Booker, he gets straight back to his feet and he stood next to Sting and he's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So like, it shows that WCW is more important to these characters, yeah. or these people, sorry, than you know, anything else in and around the situation with WCW. So the titles are important, but the preservation of the company is more important than that. And I loved that part yeah, of it. Yeah, because like when they it. show the replay, he's just straight up, like just clawing back to mm. his feet to be like, be there for Sting, be there for the referee and anybody else in the ring who may need it if they jump him. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, Hall and Nash back off as we go to Heenan and Tony and, and Bobby Heenan is really fucking brilliant. yeah we got a really dry sign off for once on night yeah he stood up he wants to leave and tony's tony is also scared to death but says wcw will not back down and the first chance he gets bobby heenan's gone takes on yeah. the and he's gone straight out and that's what a fucking ending yeah great. It was great wasn't it yeah we're now getting some like to quote gordon ramsay finally some good fucking food it's starting to yeah. get spooce it's starting to get spooky um, I now it's still not a perfect episode of Nitro. Uh, let the Blue Bloods and the Public Enemy was uh, a bit shit. Yeah, uh, and there's a few other little bits in there that still aren't right. But the main crux of the, the show, it, it holds it's, up. It's a great story. Yeah. It's a great story. And holy fuck, if WWF had just a, an ounce of the humility that WCW have during this for the invasion, 2001 would have been a very different. Oh year. hell yeah! Like just a, just a, just a tiny bit of the humility that they had, and they don't. But the fact they have it here, WCW do, it just makes it all the more important. It feels yeah. like a fucking big. What's well, outside invaders, right? Yeah. Coming in to ruin your good time. So and it's all this, and I and and I, it was a major point on commentary all night long. But I like I like the fact that the big issue is that they haven't announced the third person and WCW is annoyed and, yeah. and, and sort of... Because they've, they've put their three out there. They're, they're kind of openly touting their three competitors. Ooh. And now it almost feels like the outsiders have an unfair advantage because they know what they're up against fully. And then WCW are almost like, shit, we played our hand too soon. Yeah. And it's like, well, we, we need to, we demand to know who your third one is. And I like the, the stress levels in this. It's an anxiety-ridden nitro. Yeah. If you have an anxious disposition, this might not be the show for you. But it's, it's, it's certainly a good one. I really enjoyed it. Off we go, nearly there. We're probably two weeks from Bash at the Beach. Two weeks from Bash at the oh! Beach. It's going to be a good one. Kicks the fuck off. Or it Come leg on. drops the fuck off. <gasps> I don't know what you mean. Well, Mabel does a leg drop. Yeah, Mabel does his massive signature leg drop. Bloody hell. I always knew it was Mabel. <laughs> he says, you can't see me in everything. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> you, you saw the, the Firefly Funhouse match, right? I did? Yeah. Was Mabel in it? No, but John Cena was playing Mabel's character in the NWO. <laughs> Jesus, Tom. Of course. Do you even know wrestling history? I, do, I, I must admit, I don't. I I know that Hulk Hogan once won a match. That's about as much as I know. Yeah, what just I, the one. What I do know is, uh, if you check out the podcast feed right now, there's two episodes of Desert Island Graps waiting for you. Uh, one featuring 
Zach from Downstate. Which is very cool. Lovely chat with him about the Making a Cody song. And uh, from Impact Wrestling, Bupinda Gucha nah. pops in for a chat. Next week, special exclusive for the Classic Nitro friends, because we love you. I won't put this out on my Twitter or anything else, so you keep it quiet. Next week, PCO's on Desert Island Graps. Oh! Come on! That's sick. PCOs on Desert Island Graps. And, uh, and I want if, you to ask him a lot about Jean-Pierre Lafitte. I've got a whole question based on his previous gimmicks. Because it was just such an odd gimmick, but it kind of maybe could have almost worked, maybe, but I, didn't. It, it, was, it, was, it was one of those gimmicks that's out of time. Yeah. But it, but I loved, I liked the yeah. Jean-Pierre Lafitte. I'm hoping we get into a big bit of banter on that, but you'll find out. I'm not going to put that anywhere else until then. Um, also on the podcast feed, I love a chat with Savio Vega the other night. Which was incredible. Yeah. After his, After his monster pop. The, the, it's now called the Savio yeah. pop. He, the poppy got in Puerto Rico, uh, the stars aligned, and we got to have a chat with him about 24 hours after. And uh, he tells us about how it all came about and, and loads of other good stuff. He also opens up because he had a bit of health issues last year. We didn't know too much about it, and he was very open about what happened. And, you know, we talk all about that. We talk about IWA Puerto Rico. It's about an hour-long chat with Savio Vega. It's there for you. Have to check it out. Enjoy yourself. Anything you're working on that you want to shout about? It's the same old stuff I can't really talk about. Yeah. It's big, long shit. Big, long stuff. Sam does all the top secrets, the the, the, the real top secrets. It's just just, just, been taking a while. I just need to get it done now. (laughs) (laughs) My brain's starting to melt, Tom. (laughs) Well, we're excited when we reveal it. And until... We get a chance to do it all again. He is at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together at Colin. Who's the third man? Oh, it's so scary now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> <laughs>